says the uh, morale, Perikhov test. V'od tamig b'zeh, lama davka hayu rochvim al chamor v'losus. Let's go in deeper into this, why it was a donkey and not a horse. It should never be nishmoshes. Specifically, the donkey was the one that was created by Nishmoshes. Da. Ki ein bria yoser pshuta minachamor shukulo chomer. Vehachomer huaposhet yoser shelo kibel tzura. Vechein Hachamor Bavur Shachamor Nota El Hachomer, meaning that the title Hamor is because he is very much physical, he is very much inclined towards physicality. Hu Bria Yosser Pshuta Mikol Bria Shiyeshbo Surachashuva. So different animals, they take on certain particular unique features and functions, right? A, uh, a giraffe has a very particular tour. It can reach the foliage of extremely high branches of trees, right? Uh, a horse is a very beautiful, very, uh, very uh, strong, uh, proud animal, right? A interesting, I, I don't remember if we discussed this last time or not, right? But... Uh, um, really, the only two animals that have a mane is the horse amongst the behemoths and the lion amongst the chayas. Right? It's pretty unbelievable. What? Why is it unbelievable? So he has 14, he has well, a, a mane is like a uh, like this super fancy, you know, crown that you got like hanging out, right? Um, if you you can't see right now, but if you, you if you could see Ezra over there, he's got a whole thing going on up there. Like a crown or like a yeah, like a, a like a crown. What? Is it a crown or a hairdo? A hairdo. Ezra's hairdo is like a big fancy crown. What's going on over there? He's still waiting to get into a, to a barber. Uh, he's 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 half of the way. He's halfway vaccinated. So okay. So um, so and then the horse is also like has this like really fancy looking. Right thing and the lion, right. So these are all uh, representations of of gaius, of, of pride, of uh, of, uh, of being very hushed, right. So the lion is the king of the jungle, and the horse is the king of the animals of the of the behaviors. Yeah, yeah, and the man is the king of the apes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so the Hamor doesn't have any of that. The Hubri Yosser Pshuta, 
מכל בריאה שיש בו צורה חשובה. כי שאר הנבראים שיש בהם צורה חשובה אין זה פשיטוס. It's a particular... suited for certain, you know, they are very particularly suited for certain tasks, and Davka not suited for other tasks. Right? Um, but a Chamor is not particularly suited for any task, but is not specifically not suited for any task either. You, you can kind of use them for everything. The utility infielder. What? The utility infielder. He's the infielder. Exactly. Kilakabala Tsura Tsarek Harkova Kadeshi Kabul Hatsura Hakashuva. Zigak Nivra Adam Akron Yosem Mikol Hanivoyim Ki. לחשיבו צורסו, צריך הרכבה יוסר עד שיקבל הצורה. So if you think about so we spoke about this concept before that um, what's called Sura Hamutba Bukhomer and Sura Hanivdelas Minachomer, right? Um, so and we spoke about the let's just come back to our discussions in the beginning of the Sefer of Knan versus Mitzrayim, right? So the Mitzrayim can convert and become hidden, right? The Knanim may not. Why is that? Because the Mitzrayim are Homer. Mm-hmm. The Knanim are Perfect, right? So the Mitzrayim are Homer, and the Knanim are Tzura Hamutva B'Chomer. means the, the Canaanites had a, a strong, I don't know, philosophy, a religion, hashkafa, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, now, it was primarily there in order to enhance the physicality as opposed to the other way around, that the physicality is there to facilitate the spirituality. That was the difference we spoke about between the Tzura HaMutba B'chomer or the Tzura HaNivdelas Minachomer. Right? But, um, but being that they already have a Tzura, so it's, they're already in the state of Harkava. They have a Tzura HaMutba B'chomer in connection with the Chomer. Right? As we've alluded to many times, of course, now this is making us think of Bilam riding on his female donkey. That would be a Tzura Hamutba B'chomer. Right? Bilam being the Tzura Hamutba B'chomer, the female donkey being the Chomer, the two of them having a 
domestic lifestyle together. Yeah? Um, so, so being that we're going to want to talk about accepting a higher tzura, meaning Avram Avinu or Moshe Rabbeinu or Mashiach, right? So we, we need something that basically doesn't have a tzura on top of it, right? It's something that is doesn't have a tzura hamud b'bukhomer, right? More like the Egyptians, which are described as basar hamorim basaram, their flesh is the flesh of donkeys, right? And therefore, they can convert to Yiddishkeit. But if it would be something like the Canaanites, right? So they already have a tzura, so they can't, they cannot be megayer. They cannot accept upon themselves a tzura of uh, of the Torah. Shouldn't that not be limited to only the Canaanites? There are lots of people who subscribe to religions that have a similar dynamic regarding a sewer that's more for the corner. The Christians, the Muslims. Again, uh, Noah is asking, shouldn't the, the wise unique to the to the uh, Canaanites? Um, you know, well, uh, other religions also have, uh, other nations also have religion, etc. Listen, the Egyptians also had religion. Right? Don't get me wrong, right? The Egyptians also had their idol worship and their, you know, they were clearly of the Vodazar. The question is, you know, where's their heart at? You know what I mean? Like, how seriously do, do they take this stuff? Right? So, by the Egyptians, the main thing was the promiscuous behavior, the physical pleasure, etc., and uh, okay, you know, the, the, and they had their. You, you got to have your priests, right? You got to have your religion. But the Canaanites were much more r- religious people. They were very, very much more. Again, much more seeped towards Avodazora than the than the Mitzrim. So they're the they're the archetype. Could it be that there's some nation somewhere that in certain period of time? takes on, uh, you know, very fervently some religion? Maybe. But here the Torah tells us, Hashem reveals to us, that this is their nature, and therefore they cannot be Megayer. Why was Yisroh allowed to, if he was so, tried every single Lord of Zara that there, that there was? Because it kept moving from again with them. This is their nature. This is this is who they are, right? And with Yisro, that wasn't a, a defining characteristic. Uh, he, he was a spiritual person looking looking for something, right? But uh, with with them, it's is this perversion of using spirituality. For the sake of physicality, that that's a, a defining feature for the entire um for the entire nation, seven seven Canaanite nations. Right? So, um, back to the Adam. So, so, so we're saying a tzura hashuva. That's a harkava. That already is a harkava. That's already a combination 
now the reason why he says Tzura Cheshuvah is because really everything is Tzura. I mean, there's nothing we, like the, the Rambam writes. We don't know anything in this world that is pure Homer without any Tzura. Of course, a, a, a Hamor has some Tzura, right? I mean, on every level, every, there's Tzura on top of Tzura on top of Tzura. Everything, everything is relative. We don't mean a Hamor has no Tzura whatsoever. First of all, every piece of, you know, every cell is already Tzura. Right? We don't know of any, of any Homer, even elemental, even elements such as helium or uh, hydrogen or whatever, has some Tzura to it. Right? Protons, neutrons have Tzura to it, besides the Homer. Right? Everything has some Tzura. And certainly an animal, it has one head, it has t- four legs, it has organs. Of course it has some tzura, right? But, but, but everything is relative. We're saying the chamu, uh, you know, tzura is like stacked, one on top of the other, right? So, so relative to the higher tzura, the thing is just a homer, right? If I'm working with clay, so even though the clay inside itself, it does have properties, etc. So you, that does, it's a level of tzura. But as far as making a vase... Right? If I have raw clay, it doesn't have tzura in relation to the scale that I'm working on. Right? So then I can mold a, I can mold a vase out of it. But if it's already been molded into a vase on some level or whatever it may be, then I can't go and make another vase out of it. Right? It's, it's already, it already has that. So, so that's what he, so he's saying relative to the you know, our register, the level at which we're looking at reality, right? The Hamor doesn't have its own very clear, distinct definition of who it is, what it is. What does it speak to? Like we said before, a horse speaks to power, wealth, right? A Hamor doesn't speak to any of these things. Right? So therefore, that's what he means... Um, means on, on the level that we're operating, they already have a tzura. On the level that we're looking at right now, that we want to see it, it's already taken, so to speak. So that's not pshitus. I'm, if I'm going to be trying to put another tzura on top of it, means to say, Avram Avinu, or Moshe Rabbeinu, right? So then... Uh, I need that there shouldn't be our cover already. Yeah? Uh, so Adam is Atsura on top of Atsura, the monkey. You know, autumn is basically Atsura on top of a, of a monkey. Right, you have a monkey, and then you superimpose on top of the monkey the Neshama, and that's a person. Make sense? Is there? Hamor buma shehu nota ela homer. It from all the animals has the least tzura. Who reishis habalechaim? He's the beginning of all the animals. Mikol 
Habehemus Shepoilam Bavur Pshitus because of how simple he is relative. Uluzatam Chayiv Hachamor Shehu Behema Tameya Bubachor. Oh, so it's interesting, right? There's a little bit of a side point. Why, you know, the, usually, we have pretty straightforward rules. Um, behemoths to horos, such as sheep and ox, you know, cows, right? Uh, goats, um, the, with all of them, um, they have a bachor, a concept of a bachor. What's a bachor? The first one's born is holy and is given to the to the Kohanim and they eat it uh, as a with a certain level of uh, of a kedusha of uh, appropriate for whatever it's a type of a it's not exactly a carbon is belongs to the coin but it's eaten as holy food yeah as a bachor um, if a per, if a Jew happens to own a bunch of camels. Right or I don't know. You keep a rabbit farm, or uh, you know, wh- whatever else. Right, uh, um, dogs, a bunch of dogs. Right. So the, the firstborn of those, does, you don't do anything with it. Hamor is this interesting one, where the the firstborn has a status of a bechor, and yet he's not tahor. He's tummy. So you can't, you can't eat him. You can't. He doesn't doesn't go to the Kohanim, right? So instead, what you have to do with the chamor? Break his neck. Break break the back of his neck. You want to say something? I can't hear you, Ezra. Is you? Oh, one second. One second. I think. Okay, I got. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I did not know this concept. It's, uh, I'm learning. Aha. Okay. Um. Um. But no. Before we start breaking the back of his neck, there's another option, which is to redeem it with a sheep. Okay. This is a. Uh, I think either Rashi or the Gurariya for sure brings it when Yaakovinu says, don't bury me in Mitzrayim. Why not? Because Yaakovinu is compared to a sheep and Mitzrayim are compared to a chamor. So if I'll be buried there, so my merit, they'll use my merit to redeem themselves from not having their back of their neck broken. Use a sheep to redeem the chamor, and then the chamor doesn't have to get killed. Yeah, and that works from the point of view of a nation being redeemed by having Yaakov in there. What do the Mitzrim do exactly to redeem? So, if the Mitzrim, so uh, let's just let's just walk walk ourselves through the. It's obviously working on the Moshal Nimshal level, right? So, me on a, on a, 
on a simple level, what's the Torah talking about? You got a chamor, right? Now the chamor, on the one hand, he's a bechor, he should really belong to Hashem on some level, but he doesn't, and instead, he is uh, not fit to live, so then, so then he's going to die, right? But, because he is, uh, but, but if he can manage to produce a sheep in his stead, that'll save him, right? So to Egypt are extraordinarily physical, they're like a chamor, really firstborn chamor should have his neck broken. But if they can have, look, we've got a, we got a Yaakovino over here, buried over here. His schus will be mugging on them and protect them. How is that going to work? We'll see. But like we said before, Hamor is Homer, lacking Tzura. So, so we'll see how... Um, actually, the, the, the Maral is going to revisit this uh, later on, Perak Lamed Vov. Um, I think that so we'll pro- probably be talking about this again over there. They're going to say to God, the Mitzrayim. Say to God, hey, Yaakov Avinu is buried here, right? So, so spare us. Spare us. Uh, we, we got Yaakov Avinu buried for it. So it's Hashem said, no, he has no shaykhs to you. Being geographically related to, but that's that's a serious shaykhs to be to be buried in their country. That's a serious thing. It's not just a mikra to have Yaakov in the buried in your country. That's, that's that's a big deal. It's despite their. Well, think about it like this: Yaakov was afraid they would turn him into a vodazar. Right. So what does that mean? It means that they relate to him as their spiritual leader. He's now their oh. tzura. Okay. They're the chamor. And he's the spiritual tzura of them, so to speak. They relate, yeah. Look, we're, everybody, we, once a year, we make a pilgrimage to Cairo, and we bow down to the sarcophagus of, of Yaakov. They don't influence their lives in the capacity based on. Okay, right. okay, yeah. but maybe that, but maybe that would be enough to confuse Hashem, right? Because Hashem is prone to confusion. Again, it's like not he's, not, he's looking at them like it's not Hashem. Again, it's not Hashem. Hashem. There's a spiritual system that Hashem set into the world. He programmed into the world a wisdom. Right. The wisdom in the world is. The, the infrastructure that, that a chamor or something like that uh, can't cannot uh, stay like that is going to get just like the firstborn of a chamor is going to have the back of his neck broken. So to Mitzrayim or the epitome of a bechor and chamor are going to ultimately suffer from the makas, but. If there can be uh, a, disruptor, uh, a disruption to that spiritual reality, you're right. Hashem can always overcome everything. He, he can he can trump any system. But the, but the way that Hashem did it is by is by Yaakov Avinu not being buried in Mitzrayim. 
Right, Yaakovin understood that this would cause this would be a spiritual impediment to the Egyptians being punished. And even though Akolish Borhu can overcome any impediments, but that was a... Uh, he would have to override the system a little bit. Right. Which he doesn't like to do. Correct. Okay. He, he, he said we'd like to have, have the... Everything worked out nicely. Effect be manifest within the system by moving things around down here as opposed to overriding the system. So right. just, just just move his kever from Israel to Israel. Right, and then then and then it works out nicely. Then the then the chamor gets the back of his neck broken. And it works out. Okay. So again, uluzatam chayiv hachamor shehu behema tameya. So interestingly, he is shy uh, to being a bachor. There's no other behematmeya which is uh, also has this concept of a, of a bachor. What do you have? What's the next word? No, what's the next word you have? I'm still trying to find my place, actually. Shehu. That's what you have? Shin, hey, vav, aleph? Yeah, yeah, but the word there is shehu. Okay, no, what about you? Um, have you been... I, I, have been I literally have been trying to find my place since we started. Uh-huh. Maybe we do <laughs> It's so it's so different from the Hartman on this one. It's, it's like it, there's tons of extras. Okay, so uh, that's why we have this strange phenomenon with these this hamor, which is a behemoth meya ba'etzim, but still having a a bechor. Veloshum behemoth meya ba'olam ki mitzad shehu. No, you have, you have that as well. Shehu, yeah. Uh-huh, okay, so. Figured that's what I had to say. Just wanted to double check. One second. Yeah. So being a, you know, he's the beginning of the of the whole process of the whole procession, right? Like we said. That there's a something. The, the thing starts out as a, as a chamor, as homer, as physical, and then you layer on top of it another layer of tzura, and another layer of tzura, another layer of tzura. If we want, to, we can think of it like a you know what the uh, people claim to be evolution, right? So theoretically, just just to uh, use that as a as a marshal. Right? So if you were going to think of an evolution, right? so you would think of, you start with a chamor, 
and then from there you would make a horse, it would diversify into a horse or a camel or a um, sheep. Depending on how much. Or a cow. It takes different. What type uh, of sewer you're adding to the. Right, right, you make him a little bit more muscular, he becomes a cow. You make him a little bit more graceful, he becomes a horse. Make him kind of uh, a little bit weird looking, he becomes a camel, right? Like different, right? So, now again, so, uh, uh, um, which means in concept, he's like just the standard behemoth. Just a regular, no, no featured behemoth. Clay, right. So in that regard, he is the ratios to all of them. He's the where it all starts from, right? And then, so, then afterwards, you stack on top of it whatever you want, right? So the uh, so that's why he's shaykh to the mitzvah of um, of, of bechor. Because he's be'etzama, he's a heftza of, of a first. You got the... He, he's the beginning of all the animals, of all the behemoths. Ki lo haya ra'ui shum behemoth peya, mitzvah's bechora, bishvil she'ena chala ha-kedusha al-dover Really... It's not going to work out, right? Uh, Kedusha is not going to work, it's not going to take effect on the Dover Tommy, which is why we're going to encounter a problem with the with the with the of a Hamor, right? Because he's going to, on the one hand, he needs to be a Bechor, on the other hand, the Kedusha is not Chal on the Behemoth Meya, which is why he's going to need either redemption or the breaking of the neck. Um, so now you got a double ratios going for him. Number one, a chamor compared to all the behemoths is a ratios. This particular chamor was born. He is the first one of his mother. So he's got a double ratios. It's like an inescapable thing. He's got to be a chamor. It's too, too much pointing to his uh, he gotta be he's gotta be a bachor, right? Too much pointing to him to be a bachor, Right? But then he's not gonna be able to be a Kabul Kedusha, like we said. Um Lakhdin now we're coming back to our discussion. That was a little bit of a side point. So that's why specifically it was a chamor that the tzaddikim, Avraham, Moshe, and Mashiach writing. We're talking about that they are separate from anything else. They are in charge of physicality, not a particular tzura, not a particular functionality that they just know how to use. Right, you ride a horse, it means you know how to use certain power, certain wealth in the world. You ride on a camel, it means you know how to use, you know, um, I don't know, something that's kind of twisted and kind of a little bit mean and whatever, spits, right? So you know how to use that, right? But here we're talking about that you know how to use, that you're actually in charge of the physicality. Um, 
ראויים שיהיו רוח ומעל דבר שהוא רשיוס כמו החמור, so it's a very, by רשיוס we mean here very foundational, they're in charge of the very, of the actual homer itself, the thing that everything else is built upon they're in charge of. שהוא רשיוס ובזה הרוח ועליו הוא נבדל לגמרי והיוון דבר זה מאוד. So, uh, so what's the Nidla Gamri? Is if there are Tzuras on top of Tzuras on top of Tzuras, so you could say, oh, so you are connected to this Tzura, right? I mean, a horse has a certain Tzura, and man has a more Tzura. So it's a man with, you know, a, a horse with a man on top of it, like an extra, like another. Uh, but, then, but when we make a very big divide, no, there's the Hamor, and then there's just a huge, a huge tzaddik, and there's a there's a big gap in between. And there's no you don't have the stacking of tzura on top of tzura until you get to a man sitting on top of a horse, where he's still quite connected to the horse because the horse is powerful. He's trying to be powerful, and the two of them are sharing in this in this common. Functionality they're looking for, right? He's looking to be a powerful soldier, and the horse is a powerful fighter, and the two of them are kind of doing this together, right? Hamor and the tzaddik is like totally separate. So that's that's representing this concept of nivdal that we're going for. So this is the same reason why there is a there is a king of Israel, but there's also the Chachamim that advise him. Again, this is the reason why there are kings of Israel, right? But there are also Chachamim and Nevi'im who advise him, right? What I'm trying to say is that it's not essentially the king of Israel is not central, the central, the central focus of power or authority. Right? He, uh, it's not the central central location of authority. He's a central location of power because he what he says goes. Right? But he's being influenced by. It's the executive branch. Right. Yeah. He's the executive branch. Right. The executive branch is very important, but there's the legislative branch. Right. Uh, and there's a judicial branch. <laughs> the legislative branch is, is Hashem. Right. He made the laws, right, that the king has to follow. There's uh, a Sanhedrin. There's a Sanhedrin, right? Uh, and and then they're, they're also the judges, right? Right. Uh, on the other hand, the king, he can make uh, executive orders, right? He can, he, can, he can set laws in. Yeah. He can make laws. Right. They, they will not carry the same weight. They're not moral laws. They're not laws that are that are binding in, in, in abstract sense of being true or false. They're laws that are binding because that's what's necessary for the functionality of the of the kingdom. So exactly, it's just it's about part of the executive part. In order for, to be effective in the executive, you need uh, to be, have executive orders. So. So, when Mashiach comes, right, it's going to be Mashiach, and also <coughs> a descendant of, of the House of David, right? That is Mashiach. Mashiach so, is the descendant of the House of David. So, the Mashiach is going to be both the rule, the spiritual and the physical ruler? What do you mean, the spiritual? Mashiach is going to ride on a, on a donkey, right? 
Yeah. Is there anybody riding a horse? What? Is there anybody else who's going to ride on a horse? I guess once he arrives on a donkey, uh, yeah, they'll give him a horse. I mean, once he becomes king, they'll give him a horse. Uh-huh. And he, yeah. he doesn't have to ride on a donkey for the rest of his life. I mean, he's going to be king and he's going to be riding, you know, into enemy capitals. Right. He's going to be riding a horse. When he rides into, when we greet him, he's going to be riding a donkey. Rabbi, quick question. Yeah. Why does he end here? This is philosophical, but why does he end here? This seems, you explain, seems pretty to me, at least, more of the representation that they are fully in control of their own physicality, that they are the XM spiritual... I guess I'm just confused with the. I mean, every, I guess everything he writes, he could say, Bahavan says, Dabra Ma'od. Is there something about well, this that I'm not well, understanding that this is a Bahavan Very good, very good that you're picking up on the. It's super important to do that, what you just did. You're picking up on the. You're listening to what he's telling you, you're following his signs. So let's just first look at the very beginning of this paragraph. I mean, it's all one paragraph. Is V'od Ta'amik Bizet. Right? Which means we're going deeper than uh, than what we've been doing until now. Right? Now he's he's you know what I'm explaining. These are things that you can understand them, and you can understand them, and you can understand them. Right? So we did try to be uh, more, but. The relationship between Homer and Sura is a very, very deep thing, and you know this um, this speaks to the literally foundational concepts you know, of, of of Kabbalah of uh, the you know, things that go back to Mamish, you know the the creation of the whole world and how there everything is it's pretty deep things. Um, you're talking about the interaction between the spiritual and the physical how do the two of them interact right how does the shama connect with the goof etc the layers of what's called Um it's pretty deep things so you know <laughs> uh, w- so we said it, this idea, in a very low, simple way, but what's going on underneath the surface is stuff that I now understand, you know, less than a tenth of one percent of... Right, right. We, 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 did, we did our best, but it's like, you know, like the more you know, the, the more you realize that you don't know, so, right? So, so whatever uh, we, we know is, uh, you know, helps us to get some perspective, but there's still a lot more going on over here. Okay, very good. So, start at Uma Sheomru next week, because of Hashem.